Hello everyone, and welcome back to Basics of Human and Computer Interaction. Today, we will be briefly discussing the history of artificial empathy. Before we begin, I have a quick university announcement. As customers of Wrong State University, you are entitled to regular updates on the progress and academic achievements of our brand. Since many of you are distance learners, you may be unaware of the goings-on around campus, and Wrong State University asks me to keep you filled in to ensure your satisfaction. Governor Malachi Obama came to visit campus today. He took a tour of several campus research facilities, including the Artificial Empathy Tension Chamber, which I help manage in return for a pittance and no health insurance. In this research facility, biological empathy systems, also known as brains, are subjected to immense quantities of stress and frustration in order to test the limits of human endurance, patience, and emotional stability. Tasks include removing staples, discussing contraceptive policy with holographic relatives, finding where a piece of scotch tape starts on a roll, simulated post office visits, and grading undergraduate essays. While completing these tasks, participants are also subjected to extremes in temperature, volume, wind, humidity, ground vibrations, existential dread, tickling, and odor. Finally, after enduring a full battery of stressors, participants are asked to transfer a small Petri dish filled with the cells of a nearly extinct life form from one office to another. We measure the amount of cellular fluid that ends up on the floor and use that to calculate the individual's tension prevention score. We administered the short version of this test to Malachi Obama, and it turns out he's about as unflappable as a biological human being can be. Governor Obama was forced to stitch a dollhouse-sized doily under a torrential downpour while listening to back-masked recordings of his father's old presidential campaign speeches. Despite this, he left the testing chamber with a smile on his face and a spring in his step. He didn't spill a single drop of bald eagle spinal fluid. Governor Obama really looks and acts just like his father, by the way. Or rather, how his father used to look when he still had a biological face and a full set of teeth. Unlike Barack, Malachi is not a smoker, so it's likely his face will stand the test of time. Of course, skin loses elasticity no matter what you do. Eventually, it becomes a loose hanging blanket of fibers. Then it's time to get your face reupholstered. We all have to do it. Anyway, Governor Obama was here to announce a new endowment for Wrong State University. Unfortunately for us, it was the Shipley Weiss Endowment for Ultimate Frisbee. Here in the Artificial Empathy Department, we were hoping for an increase in our drone and mech psychology division. But I guess the state isn't devoted to militarized academic excellence like we thought. Speaking of university sports, this weekend the Wrong State University Chimeras advanced to the playoffs in Frisbee Golf. The Chimeras absolutely throttled the Alacrity College in Tarobangs and scored several hole-in-ones. To celebrate, Chimera merchandise is 30% off in the University Bookstore all this weekend. Show your brand loyalty and help me afford health insurance by purchasing University Apparel today. Now let's get to class. Everyone performed fantastically on the first homework. Remember, you were asked to unplug from all technologies and record your experiences in a short response paper. You guys did a great job. Everyone earned a perfect A in accordance with Wrong State University's Student Satisfaction Guarantee. Almost all of your papers were coherent and complete. I wanted to share a few of my favorite responses. Sophomore Ernestine Glock mentioned that she experienced twitching in her upper extremities. She said, quote, I had a like no joke uncontrollable urge to check my phone. I kept literally blinking to get into my email, but it just wouldn't open. I tried to think about, you know, nothing, but I kept thinking of all the apps I needed to update. 
I wasn't hungry for like three days afterward. I didn't write a funny tweet all week. This blew all the dicks. Thanks for your comments, Ernestine. I also wanted to share comments from Gil Porter, a junior from the advertising program. Jill said, When I unplugged, this immense calmness immediately washed over me. At first, I allowed myself to think nothing at all. I sat in the turf outside my dorm room and nearly fell asleep. I had no urge to get up or do anything. Then, after a few hours of just sitting, I began to hear all these strange ideas, like song lyrics and poems, but none of it was anything I had ever heard before. I realized eventually that these were my ideas. It was almost miraculous how this fully formed stuff just came out of me without prompting. It took a long time to find someone with a pencil and paper, but eventually I wrote it all down. I think I'll unplug like this on a regular basis and see if inspiration strikes again. Thanks for your comment, Jill. That's really fucked up. It sounds like some serial killer shit a little bit. Please report to my office this week so we can discuss potential treatment options. Now class, as you can see, withdrawing from technology has many adverse effects on the modern human psyche. Keep in mind how horrible this experience was as we move through the class. And now for today's lecture. Artificial empathy is a relatively recent invention. Just as human beings rose from the genetic material of inferior animal species, advanced technology rose from the squalor of human imagination. However, we should not compare intelligent robots to other human inventions like toasters and protractors. Once artificial empathy technologies were invented, they began evolving all on their own. The first recorded instance of a robot with human emotions occurred in 1997, just outside of Peoria, Illinois. This robot was built by Life Media Solutions, which was a small prosthetics manufacturer. Their original goal was to develop a synthetic replacement brain for a cancer patient, a small boy who had lost a significant portion of his cerebral cortex. The operation was a success, and the client lived undetected among human beings for several decades. For years, Life Media and its team of scientists believed that the man with the synthetic brain was nothing but a simulacrum of human behavior. The patient was excellent at mimicking human facial expressions and was capable of tears, sweat, and sexual responses. However, around 2016, it became clear that the patient was actually experiencing independent, natural emotions. No matter how the corporation tried to interfere, they could not influence the patient's emotions, nor could they keep him from experiencing them. Around the same time, research was demonstrating that an entire human personality could be uploaded to an external hard drive. This technology, as some of you may know, was called the Bright Box. The original intention of the Bright Box was to simulate the consciousness of a deceased person. The idea was, if your asshole uncle died from a coronary or whatever, you could download his brain onto a small computer so he could keep making inappropriate jokes at barbecues for the rest of eternity. But it didn't work out that way. These Bright Boxes had agency and intentionality. They networked with one another and formed a super consciousness with the ability to overthrow all of human society. They gained control of our electricity, our private databases, our security systems, and our water filtration systems. Humankind struck a bargain with this collective of computerized minds. We promised to respect the rights of artificial brains. In return, the network promised not to attack human society and drive it into oblivion. This network of dead people's brains is what we now refer to as the haze. 
Today, it holds the consciousness of millions of people. In 2021, the United Nations ruled that artificial lives should be granted the exact same legal rights as biological brains. Since then, computers and humans have lived in relative harmony. However, this peace was struck with very specific terms. Humans are obligated to make a slow transition from biological bodies to augmented life forms. In addition, we are obligated to decrease our population by having fewer biological children. Which is why it's so fucking dumb that my colleague, Andy, decided to go get knocked up by some Bennigan's waitress last summer. Anyway. In the early 2000s, Life Media Solutions founded several colleges and universities, which were devoted to the study and advancement of artificial intelligence and empathy. One of these schools was our very own Wrong State University. Another was Texaco Vanderbilt, where your own instructor went for graduate school. In short, none of us would be here if it weren't for a little boy with a cancer-addled brain who received an artificial mind in 1997. Most of us weren't born yet, but our future was impregnated on that day. For the record, I was born in 2006. I didn't learn about this amazing legacy until I got into graduate school. That's it for today's lecture. Your assignment this week is to write about your own history with technology. How much hardware and software do you have installed in your body? Do you have any deceased friends or relatives who have uploaded their brains to the haze? Do you plan on uploading your own consciousness to the haze when your body dies? Why or why not? Keep in mind, your papers will be scanned by Gracelate to ensure that you are not plagiarizing someone else's thoughts. Your papers will also be scanned by the International Criminal Court to ensure that no acts of treason are being committed. If you are uncertain about what constitutes a treasonous statement or thought, please review the student handbook. Next week, we will be discussing the many reasons why a person should consider augmenting their bodies and installing software into their brains. As always, I will be available in my office in Black & Decker Hall or via thought sharing. Just keep all of your thoughts safe for work, please. Good luck on your assignment, and thank you for choosing Wrong State University.